turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, Those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. On AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get underway at 8 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock on this Wednesday, the 18th morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Appreciate you being with us. Uh, Coming up on the program today, we are going to have a lot of audio for you from yesterday's uh, House Judiciary Committee testimony of Corey Lewandowski before Jerry Nadler's Circus Sideshow which is exactly what an impeachment inquiry and impeachment investigation, which essentially is the same exact thing as the Mueller investigation, got underway. Uh, They called Corey Lewandowski back to the stand, or back to the uh, Congress, to the committee, uh, under oath to testify and answer the very same questions he was asked by the Mueller investigation, which turned up what? No collusion and no obstruction. Yet they will not take that no evidence for an answer. They want to continue this charade. And it's something that Congressman Jim Jordan had had just about enough of. Congressman Jim Jordan, who, of course, is a regular guest on this program, who happens to be my personal congressman um, in uh, the 4th Congressional District, he was one of the... I won't call him outraged because he didn't speak with rage, but he is one of the Republican members, you know, in that uh, Judiciary Committee or on that Judiciary Committee who was willing to call this situation what it was. As noted, a circus, an absolute circus, and a shame, quite frankly, um, in that rather than calling. Inspector General Michael Horowitz to testify before the committee on something that is valid right now, something that is important right now, they would rather spend more time rehashing, going over again, the same material that has been discussed 
again and again. You're not going to get anything new out of Corey Lewandowski. Why are we trying? Why are we continuing the same exact and covering the same exact ground? Corey Lewandowski answered all of your questions, and guess what? You came up with nothing. And so Jim Jordan yesterday laid into, by way of his five minutes of questioning time for Corey Lewandowski, laid into Jerry Nadler in the entire circus sideshow. This is worth Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Lewandowski, you ran President Trump's campaign between January 2015 and June 2016. Is that right? Yes. You were at the helm of, of the campaign when President Trump secured the Republican nomination. Yes. Pretty good campaign you ran. Thank you. I mean, you beat, what, 17, 18 different opponents, senators, governors, some good senators. Um, of course, you had a pretty good candidate. The best. Pretty good candidate. I think he's done a great job as president of the United States. After you left the campaign, I think you left in June of 2016. After you left the head of the campaign, were you still involved with the campaign throughout the rest of the election, all the way up through November 8th, 2016? Yes. In that entire time. So you were part of the campaign operation at some level or another. From January 2015 to November 8, 2016. During that entire time, do you guys ever work with Russia to impact the election? No. And you know what's interesting, Mr. Lewandowski? When Jim Comey was asked that same question, sitting at that same table, he gave the same answer. When Bob Mueller was asked that same question, sitting at that same table, he gave the same answer. Falsely accused. The president is falsely accused of colluding with a foreign state to impact the election. Jim Comey, when we deposed him at that very table, said after 10 months of investigation, we didn't have a thing. Bob Mueller gets named special counsel. He wastes $30 million of taxpayer money, 22-month investigation. He sits at that table just a few weeks ago and gives the same darn answer. Pause it here just to underscore what the congressman said here. How important this is. Corey Lewandowski, who is a Trump loyalist, James Comey, who is a Trump hater and a member of the resistance, and Bob Mueller, who was assigned to investigate and take down Donald Trump. Very different characters in the same play. All of them gave the same answer. Nope. No Trump connections to Russia. No Trump campaign connections to Russia. The entire thing is a hoax. So as Congressman Jordan says, why are we here? Not that that's a question for Corey Lewandowski. That's a question for the Democrats and Jerry Nadler. But these guys over here, they don't care. They don't care. They don't want to get to what Mr. Shabbat said. They don't want to figure out how the false accusation happened. They just want to drag people in front of this committee and keep trying to find some way they can go after the president. Let's go back to the process that the ranking member raised. Um, did you testify in front of the Senate Intel Committee in 2017? Yes. Did you testify in front of the House Intelligence Committee in 2017? Yes. And you went before the special counsel and answered his questions in 2018. Is that right? It is. And you did that all voluntarily? Yes. No subpoena? No, sir. You said, I'm willing to comply, give answers, answer all the questions you got. Yes. I think in your opening statement you said 20-some. What, what, how many hours did you set in front of those various committees? More than 20. More than 20 hours. And for this committee, did you get a letter from this committee back in March asking you to comply with certain document requests that Chairman Nadler wanted to have? I believe so, yes. And you and your legal team complied with that? Yes, sir. And then on June 24th, you got another letter. Is that right? Yes. June 24th of this year, you got another letter asking you to do an interview, a transcribed interview in front of the committee. And you're... 
lawyer contacted Chairman Nadler and said, we'd be happy to do that. Is that right? Yes. So give us some dates. We'll come in. We'll be happy to sit for an interview. That's right. What happened next? Uh, next, about five weeks ago, the committee issued a subpoena for my appearance. So you're willing to come voluntarily, just like you did with Senate Intel, House Intel, just like you did for Bob Mueller, for the special counsel, 20-some hours. You're willing to do that all. You complied with when they asked you for certain documents, and then when they want you to come in for an interview, you said, all right, sure, we'll do it. They hit you with a subpoena. Correct. And then they start calling you names, saying, close up that book, answer the question, start treating you this way. Kind of interesting. They're the ones who started it. They're the ones who slapped you with a subpoena when you were willing to come here voluntarily. I was. And then they, then they, then they, then they questioned what the, the demeanor you bring here today. I, I mean, first they changed the rules last week in the middle of the Congress, changed the rules of the committee in the middle of the game, and then today they're not even going to follow the rules because the rules they changed last week talk about staff asking questions at the end, at, after members are done. We got this whole issue with consultants. So this... Maybe we would be better served if we did exactly what Mr. Shabbat said. Maybe we would be better served as the House Judiciary Committee if we actually focused on how this whole false accusation started in the first place. What do you think, Mr. Lewandowski? I think it would be a great idea. Great idea. Maybe, maybe the American people would be better served than spending more time investigating something that's already had 32 months of investigation from both Jim Comey and the FBI and Bob Mueller and the special counsel, maybe we would do that. You know, a great place to start. Great place to start, Mr. Chairman. I ask you about this one week ago today. Great place to start would be the Inspector General's report that was issued just three weeks ago. The scathing report about Jim Comey. Boom. That'd be a nice place to start. But when I asked the chairman when we might have an opportunity to question Mr. Horowitz, he said, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. Of course you haven't thought about that. Too busy trying to impeach the president. Too busy slapping subpoenas on Corey Lewandowski. Of course you haven't thought about that. That's what the committee should be focused on. I yield back. Jim Jordan, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative, member of that Judiciary Committee, simply dropping bombs. Those questions, of course, for Corey Lewandowski were all rhetorical. He knew the answers because the answers were all in the affirmative. You notice that Corey Lewandowski had no problem answering questions like that because they were all the same questions over the same material. The Democrats, however, wanted to go over the same exact material and try to elicit different answers when he didn't give them? Jerry Nadler, the committee chairman, threatened to hold him in contempt. Quote, Mr. Lewandowski, your behavior in this hearing room has been completely unacceptable. It is part of a pattern of a White House desperate for the American people not to hear the truth. I've been asked several times today whether the committee will hold you in contempt. It is certainly under consideration. If I had an opportunity to interview Jerry Nadler, oh my goodness, the questions I would have for him. And I wonder how much he would dance. And I wonder how much he would obfuscate. I wonder how much he would avoid questions and filibuster in an, avo- in, in, an, att- in, uh, uh, an attempt to avoid. And I know because I've interviewed people like Nadler before. I've interviewed Democrats on my radio program before, only to have them do that very same thing. And that's why I interrupt them, and I have to try to get them to uh, refocus on the question at hand. And then I never get them back again. But they find that perfectly acceptable to do in a, in a United States House Judiciary Committee hearing of a witness who, by the way, was who was willing to come forward, but who was subpoenaed anyway to make it look like he was some sort of a, uh, an obstructor. Leading Nadler to say also, quote, and this is important, 
Because this kind of just lays it all bare. This is They have no interest in legislation. They have no interest in serving the constituencies that they represent. Talking about the demon rats on the, in the House and the Judiciary Committee, the Oversight Committee, and all the other ones that are going to continue this charade until December of 2020 and when, uh, November of 2020, and when Donald Trump wins again, they'll do it all over again for four more years. Probably hire another special counsel, try to figure out where it all went wrong. But Nadler said, quote, there is a far more troubling level of contempt on display here today, and that is President Trump's role in your refusal to answer questions. The pattern of obstruction laid out in the Mueller report has not stopped. I'll pause there to remind everyone there was no obstruction found or proven in the Mueller report. He is a bald-faced liar. There was no obstruction proven. Just because Mueller... In, in throwing a bone to his Democratic overlords that paid him millions of dollars to conduct this sideshow, threw them a bone and said, well, we can't prove that he obstructed justice, but we can't prove that he didn't either, which has never been ever the standard in a court of law, much less a federal investigation. It is not their job to prove the negative. It is not Donald Trump's job to prove the negative. It is their job to prove the affirmative. That he did obstruct justice, and if they cannot prove that, then the default answer is innocence, not obstructing justice. Anyway, Nadler continued, you showed the American people in real time that the Trump administration will do anything and everything in its power to obstruct the work of Congress. The, the Congress isn't doing any work, Jer. The Congress is doing nothing but witch hunting. And when your two and a half years of witch hunting through Bob Mueller brought up nothing, bagels, donuts, zeros, you're starting all over again with your ridiculous committee investigations. He went on to say, the president's lawyers are sitting behind you right now to make sure that you do not answer us. The president's lawyers were doing no such thing. The president's lawyers were looking out for executive privilege, which is exactly what their job is supposed to do. All right, 920. Uh, if you want to respond to what you heard yesterday on the uh, from the Corey Lewandowski testimony before the House Judiciary Committee's impeachment investigation, which means Mueller witch hunt 2.0. Uh, by all means, dial 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. We'll get you up and on the radio on the Bob France Authority after this. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. Nine twenty-five. Now the Bob France Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Appreciate you being with us. So uh, yesterday, big big day on Capitol Hill as Jerry Nadler launched his new impeachment investigation. It was simply laughable watching them trying to pin Corey Lewandowski uh, down. I-, I said this on Larry Elder show last night, which I hosted. <clears throat> And I will do tonight as well, by the way. So if you uh, are in the habit of listening to Larry Elder, uh, then we'll have more time together tonight. And if you are not, well, then I would hope you would uh, turn it on tonight and join me. But I said this on last night's show. If uh, I ever am on trial for my life, I want Corey Lewandowski in my corner. (laughs) I will just say that because he truly does and uh, did yesterday uh, the right thing 
for his country and for the president because what they are trying to do has no value whatsoever in terms of legislation or even of oversight on behalf of the American people. It is partisanship for political reasons on display. That's it. And Corey Lewandowski would have none of it. He said, I will participate to the extent that I must. I will answer your questions. I will, I'm appearing here of my own free will. He pointed out that he did not need to be subpoenaed. They subpoenaed him anyway just to, uh, to make it appear as though he was somehow going to be, uh, um, somehow going to oppose it or was trying to hide something. And, you know, he, he did what he had to do. His opening statement was perfect. His answers to Sheila Jackson Lee were hilarious, by the way. He described her question at the end as not being a question, but being a rant. He referred to Eric Swalwell, who was one of the homogenized members of the cesspool in the early going, meaning that he was uh, he was polling at the level of milk, 1%, 2%. That's, just what I, that's how I refer to most of these guys. He called him President Swalwell, which had to take a bite out of him. Uh, he, he just was not going to allow the president to be, and, and the administration and the campaign, uh, to be victimized. And make no mistake about it, the victim of all of these witch hunts is the president. That's that's truly the bottom line here. And that's why uh, Corey Lewandowski, uh, he, he made a point of letting everybody know that this was already done. All of these questions have already been asked. The Mueller report re- returned a verdict of not guilty. If you were to try, try to boil this down, and I'm not saying it should be that easy, but if you were going to try to boil this down to a trial, What has already been done for two and a half years is a trial of Donald Trump and whether or not he was a duly elected president or he cheated by conspiring with a foreign power to impact the American elections. And the the trial began, testimony was given, uh, closing arguments were made, and then the jury in the form of Robert Mueller, who was already biased because he was the best friend of James Comey, who wanted this investigation started to try to take down Trump in the first place, Robert Mueller, the jury, came back and said not guilty. We do not have evidence to prove that he is guilty of anything. Not of collusion, not of obstruction, anything. And once again, at the risk of being redundant, when a jury finds no evidence of guilt then the jury finds for the defense and gives an acquittal. And that's what happened here. And now, of course, here comes Jerry Nadler and his boys uh, and girls from the um, uh, D- Demon Rat Party, pure partisan politics right from the v- very beginning, saying, uh, new trial. We want a new trial. We didn't like the outcome of the last trial. All right, coming up after the bottom of the hour news, speaking of trials and speaking of justice and speaking of being acquitted, et cetera, et cetera, huge win, another one, for religious freedom. Thanks to the good people at the Alliance Defending Freedom, Brush and Nib Studio, the art studio in Arizona, which had been challenged just like the Cake Baker Jack Phillips Masterpiece Cakes in Colorado, just like the florists, just like the DJs, just like the photographers, just like so many other uh, individuals who have been challenged and forced or they attempted to force them uh, to celebrate same-sex marriage against their faith. They have failed. Huge win for religious freedom. Huge win for the business owners here from ADF. Uh, we'll tell you that story coming up as well. Uh, also, Joe Biden, with another gaffe, 
that shows how completely unfit and unprepared he would be to be president of the United States. It is just beyond comprehension how he can say these things and not have Democrats say, we've got to get him out of the frontrunner status. We have to get rid of him. He is going to humiliate us, and he's going to get destroyed by Donald Trump. Joe Biden, seriously. Whether it's the corn pop story, which we can rehash, or it's this new one about the number of people in the United States, uh, he is just absolutely lost. We'll get into that story as well. The Bob France Authority, back after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. Nine thirty-five now. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Got some breaking news that we want to share with you. The President of the United States announcing via Twitter just nine minutes ago that he has made his selection to replace John Bolton as National Security Advisor. Quoting the President of the United States, I am pleased to announce that I will name Robert C. O'Brien, currently serving as the very successful Special Presidential Envoy for Hostage Affairs at the State Department as our new National Security Advisor. I've worked long and hard with Robert. He will do a great job. Uh, I'm going to talk about that in a second, but I do want to hit hit you with another presidential tweet from 40 minutes ago, right after, uh, or right before, rather, we came on the air. Donald Trump tweeted, "Quote: I have just instructed the Secretary of the Treasury to substantially increase sanctions on the country of Iran." Iran. I'll go back and forth between Iran and Iran. Anyway, uh, that's great news. That's great news. It is also very surprising news, given the reporting, that that's what separated uh, President Trump from, from former National Security Advisor John Bolton, that John Bolton wanted to increase or at least maintain the sanctions on the country of Iran, particularly in light of their recent aggressive actions, and that President Trump was considering lowering or um, uh, eliminating the sanctions on Iran which would have made no sense whatsoever. But the reporting was that's where he and John Bolton differed to the point where Bolton offered to resign, and the president said, yeah, you should do that. So that's where we are. Uh, so the president tweeted those two things uh, this morning. He tweeted actually a couple of other things, too. But the most important one right now is the nomination of Robert C. O'Brien from the State Department as the new national security advisor from the State Department website, Ambassador O'Brien serves as the Special Presidential Envoy for Hostage Affairs at the U.S. Department of State. Working for Secretary Pompeo, O'Brien leads the U.S. government's diplomatic efforts on overseas hostage-related matters. He works closely, closely with the families of American hostages and advises the senior leadership of the U.S. government on hostage issues. O'Brien also coordinates with the inter- interagency hostage recovery fusion cell, on the development and implementation of U.S. hostage recovery policy and strategy. So you might think, okay, so he's a hostage negotiator. That's great. Uh, does that make him qualified to be national security advisor? Well, a little more. He also served as co-chairman on the U.S. Department of State Public-Private Partnership for Justice Reform in Afghanistan under both Secretaries Rice and Clinton. The PPJRA promoted the rule of law by training Afghan judges, prosecutors, and defense lawyers and provided scholarships for young Afghan lawyers to study in the U.S. from 2008 to 2011. 
He was also a presidentially appointed member of the U.S. Cultural Property Advisory Committee, which advises the federal government on issues related to the trafficking of antiquities and other cultural items. He was nominated by President George W. Bush and confirmed by the U.S. Senate to serve as a U.S. representative to the 60th session of the United Nations General Assembly, where he worked with Ambassador Bolton. Earlier in his career, O'Brien served as a senior legal officer for the U.N. Security Council Commission that decided claims against Iraq. Uh, arising out of the first Gulf War, uh, decided those claims, rather. O'Brien was a major in the U.S. Army Reserve. So there you go. A little bit more on uh, Ambassador Robert O'Brien, who's the president's new nominee to replace John Bolton as national security advisor. I take great heart in uh, and comfort in one fact, that he works for state. I think Mike Pompeo is the strongest of the president's cabinet members. I think he is the man that we can rely on and count on most, maybe. Well, uh, Attorney General William Barr is is huge as well in, in uh, uh, charge of the DOJ. But I love Mike Bob Pompeo. I think he has the right temperament. I think he has the right uh, ideas. I think he's obviously absolutely brilliant. And uh, if somebody like Robert O'Brien was serving under him at state, uh, then I, I'm Hopeful that uh, he will bring some of the same mindset, philosophy, and uh, and ideas to uh, the role of National Security Advisor for the President. So that's really good news. So that's a little update for you on that. Uh, I'm going to go to the phones now and talk to BJ in North Olmsted, who's got something on Robert O'Brien for us. Uh, BJ, you are very prompt at the dialing uh, uh, with the dialing finger there. I just brought it up, and you've got something on him. Go ahead, sir. Uh, well. No, my, my comment is that the choices that Donald Trump has been making this year alone for the next the remainder of this year and next year are very, very strong people. What he's putting together is a coalition in his party representing him that are strong in their opinion about America and making America great and keeping America great. And I, and I really appreciate you going through some of these folks that are being appointed to and some of their background. I think it's important that we know who they are. And we're learning more about these people in the Donald Trump administration than we really did about almost any other administration. Again, I'm very encouraged by this. But there's another, another uh, comment I'd like to make. Right now, and I'm working with a couple of women that are about to appear on their own little TV network and on YouTube, and uh, I might share that. I will share that with you next week when they're on. Okay. There's there's a growing awareness of religion, not just Christian religion, but just faith in God and and the belief that there is a creator. This is another. It's kind of underlying right now, but it's growing very very fast. And I and I feel you're very much aware of that. It's growing much faster than many many people realize, and a lot of it is coming from women. I've met a nurse practitioner who practices medicine, but she says she's more into the spiritual healing and awareness of that aspect than the medical aspect of it. That's a pretty interesting uh, segue from what she's currently doing as a nurse practitioner next to what a doctor can do and, and prescribing and all that. Sure. So again, the things that are taking place right now to me are, are are very enlightening, very enlightening, despite the Ralph, despite what NATO is doing and all these things. What Lewandowski did yesterday was brilliant, and we're seeing more and more of that brilliant stepping forward. And, 
and, and stay with it. And thank you for your time, Bob. Th- thank you, BJ. I'll tell you this, uh, especially that last part about Lewandowski being brilliant. I, I wish he was still a member of the administration. I do. I feel like you're right. Uh, and like I said, his loyalty, not, not to the president, to the country, though, is, is so important. I, I mentioned again last night on the Larry Elder Show, um, Corey Lewandowski was dismissed as the campaign manager for President Trump in June of 2016, obviously just, uh, what, five months, four, four and a half months before the election. And he has never wavered in his support of the president, despite, you know, a lot of people would be very bitter about that. In fact, look at other people that, uh, you know, have been removed from their positions in the Trump administration. And look how bitter and how angry they've become, like uh, uh, Scaramucci, uh, like uh, Omarosa, and all these others who have turned on the president. And Corey Lewandowski, rather than turning on the president, recognizes that the president has to make tough decisions all the time on what's best for him and his administration, because that is best for the country. And so Corey Lewandowski has remained steadfast and loyal to the country, because he realizes that Donald Trump, even though he does not work for Donald Trump anymore, is the best man to lead this country going forward. Is he perfect? No. Is Corey Lewandowski perfect? No. But is he easily the best choice? Yes. And so Corey Lewandowski's devotion and dedication to the country really make me wish he was still part of the administration. Except for the fact that he is considering, and it has not been made official yet, I don't believe, running for the Senate from New Hampshire, his home state. So uh, I could also see him in such a, oh my goodness, can you imagine the turmoil in the De- Demon Rat Party? They would be flipping out if Corey Lewandowski joins the United States Senate because he would come in there with a wrecking ball. Uh, and, uh, you know, as much as any one senator can, obviously. But uh, uh, if he's not going to be a member of the administration in some capacity, I am glad that he's at least considering running to serve this country in another capacity. All right, I want to go back to what I teased before the bottom of the hour. And that is the huge win for the Brush and Nib Studio. Who are they and what are they? Let's talk about this. I've, I've brought you this story before. And I want to bring you an update. Um, jail time and fines were both real threats that jo- Joanna Duca and Brianna Kosky, the owners and artists of Brush and Nib Studio in Arizona, faced uh, under a new Phoenix law. Why? Because they would only uh, imagine and create custom artwork expressing messages and celebrating events that are consistent with their core convictions. In other words, they would not create artwork and custom imagery for things that they did not believe in. Well, what an amazing idea. Free speech and free expression don't simply mean the freedom to say and express things. It is also the right to not say or express things that you don't believe in. That's what truly the First Amendment is all about. People think that the right to free speech means, you know, it's it's only about what you are uttering, what you are creating, what you are saying, what you are expressing. True freedom involves not having to say things. You can't be compelled or forced to say or express things that you don't want to. And that's what was on trial here, essentially, in this case. So Gianna, Joanna and Brianna, uh, could not contradict their deeply held religious beliefs. They did not want to abandon the artwork that they loved and the studio that they worked so hard to create. So they took a stand, not just for themselves, but for everyone's freedom to express messages consistent with their beliefs. And that stand was rewarded. The Arizona Supreme Court ruled in favor of Joanna and Brianna, 
recognizing that the city of Phoenix cannot force artists to express messages or celebrate events that violate, violate their deeply held religious beliefs. It's a huge win for religious freedom and for the freedom of speech. It all started, believe it or not, these things take a lot of time, right? Four years ago, 2015, Joanna and Brianna started their studio, Brush and Nib, an art studio that specialized in creating custom artwork to celebrate some of life's most important events, like weddings and births. Joanna is a calligrapher, and Brianna is a painter. And they spent hours or days collaborating together to create beautiful art to celebrate these special events. They poured themselves into this artwork, striving, in their words, to reflect God's beauty in everything they create. As Christians, Joanna and Brianna um, seek to run their business consistent with that faith. It inspires them to love and serve everyone, but it also means they cannot express messages that violate their beliefs for anyone. So soon after launching their studio, they discovered that Phoenix has interpreted its new law to require them to create custom artwork expressing messages that violate their convictions. According to the city, if Joanna and Brianna design and create custom wedding invitations to celebrate marriage between a man and a woman, they must do so to celebrate same-sex weddings. If they politely decline, Phoenix threatens them with criminal penalties, including up to six months in jail and $2,500 in fines for each day that they were not in compliance. This is where ADF comes in. Alliance Defending Freedom represented Joanna and Brianna in court arguing this coercion to speak or express violates fundamental protections for freedom of speech and religion. And the Arizona Supreme Court yesterday agreed, or this week agreed, I guess it was Monday, issuing a strong decision protecting religious liberty and free speech. As the court explained, quote, an individual has autonomy over his or her speech and thus may not be forced to speak a message he or she does not wish to to say now this is huge but of course it's not over this is the latest by the way in a long line of very important and significant wins for religious freedom i mentioned uh jack phillips the cake maker in colorado there was also a graphic designer in colorado filmmakers in minnesota a floral artist baron l stutzman in washington a promotional printer in kentucky we have talked about caterers and restaurateurs who would not provide uh services for uh, uh wedding uh uh not re- well receptions too, but also the rehearsal dinners and so on, because it was something that they did not believe in, and they had served the very same people in other capacities, just not for a celebration of a wedding and something that is not, of course, in their um, uh, in their set of beliefs. So we have seen win after win after win, and it's huge, but they will not stop, and they are, of course, now exploring their op- uh, options as uh, with respect to appealing. This is what, they being the city of Phoenix, by the way, this is what we have talked about for, for a very long time on this show, and I know a lot of other shows on the Salem Radio Network, and it's something that we have to uh, really shine a spotlight on. We are literally talking about being forced at the tip of the spear by the LGBTQ movement, otherwise known as the LGBTQ Mafia, or the alphabet soup mafia, whatever you want to call them, to celebrate and cheer their own causes, um, like I said, at the tip of the spear, literally with, if you don't do it, if you don't celebrate, you can't remain neutral. You can't certainly uh, just be pro-biblical messages. You have to celebrate them. 
If you don't choose to celebrate them and to devote your talents, your artwork, your your goods, your services, and so on and so forth, in celebration of their cause, then you can go to jail. You can be fined. And I know it sounds insane, but it's reality. It's happening here, too. It's happening here. We have seen examples of it. The city of South Euclid going after a school, the Lyceum, for not cooperating in the same way. Every time a city or a state or, God forbid, the quote-unquote Equality Act gets passed on the federal level, every time they pass one of these LGBTQ, you must celebrate and wave the flag with us, or we will put you in jail. Uh, one of those types of bills, we are all in very serious danger. Yesterday, I did a an extensive reading, both on this program and on Larry Elder's program last night, of the constitutional, or excuse me, of the history of the Constitution, what it meant to this republic and what it means today, because yesterday was Constitution Day. I cannot underscore this enough. I cannot state this more loudly and more clearly. Your rights enumerated in the Bill of Rights in the Constitution are under attack. I cannot be more plain. They're under attack. You think it's just the Second Amendment? It's not. It is the First Amendment, and it is many others, but the First Amendment and all three elements of it as well. Speech, expression, religion, all under attack. And if you give the attackers control of the executive branch of our government, if you give those attacking your First Amendment rights, your constitutionally protected rights, if you give them the White House, you're surrendering those rights. Please keep that in mind and please share that message with others. It's 951. We'll be right back. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. All right, 956 on the Bob France Authority. Thanks for joining us. Short segment here. Um, <laughs> I'm just reading some of the uh, uh, Twitter criticisms. Not that they matter to anyone. It's just Twitter. It's leftist Twitter, which is Twitter. Uh, Twitter has no right Twitter. They have no conservative Twitter. If there is conservative Twitter, it's booted. It's censored. It's shadow banned. Accounts are suspended and so on and so forth. But leftist Twitter... Uh, just whining and crying and moaning about Corey Lewandowski trolling uh, their heroes and the uh, Democrat-led uh, Judiciary Committee yesterday. And he did. He trolled them. He trolled Sheila Jackson Lee. He trolled Jerry Nadler. He trolled uh, uh, Eric Swalwell. I mean, he made them look foolish because they brought him up there for reasons that were completely inappropriate, untoward, uh, and, and repetitive, which is what Congressman Jim Jordan said. Congressman Jordan tweeted yesterday and went on Fox News this morning to repeat again and again and again, if this committee and if this, this body, this, this House of Representatives as a whole, is interested in doing the work of the people, get Inspector General Horowitz up, Horowitz up here before this committee to talk about his report, talk about what he saw in James Comey, what he, uh, what he found in his investigation of the investigation of Donald Trump by way of the FISA court uh, a warrant to spy on his administration or to spy on his campaign, rather, 
who knew it, who ordered it, and so on and so forth. And uh, Jim Jordan was right to say that, look, Corey Lewandowski worked with the Trump campaign for nearly two years. He testified he did not collude or coordinate with Russia. Testified that James Comey, the FBI director, at the, sat at the same table and said the same answer, that the Trump campaign didn't coordinate or collude with Russia. Bob Mueller, the investigator himself, sat at the same table and said he did not collude, collude with Russia. So why are you bringing Corey Lewandowski, a Trump loyalist, to come in here and say the same thing? It makes no sense. It is time to move on. So Jim Jordan was right, uh, and he was on, uh, like I said, Fox this morning with Mark Meadows, his uh, co-founder of the House Freedom Caucus. I'll try to give you some of that. I just got a text message from somebody uh, who said, Bob, I didn't hear or see the testimony yesterday. Can you place some excerpts? I will try to do that in the next segment. But I also want to tease ahead to 1035. With race being an ongoing issue, uh, not only in this country and in our culture, but it will be in the um, 2020 presidential election. Um, it's time to look a little bit, look back at a, a little bit at one of the most important events in recent American history that had such an impact on race in this country. And I'm talking about the Trayvon Martin story. There is a new movie and book that are coming out by Joel Gilbert called The Trayvon Hoax, Unmasking the Witness Fraud That Divided America. It's a big deal. I've got the trailer. I'm going to tweet it right now during this news break that's coming up here. France Radio on Twitter. I'll post it on Parler. France Radio on Parler. I'll post it on Facebook as well. France Radio there. There's a trailer. There's a film website. Familiarize yourself with it, if you can, between now and 1035. If not, just be listening, because we're going to talk about one of the more divisive issues in this country that has continued to this very day, the Trayvon Martin hoax. And it was exactly that. So that story is coming up at about 1035. News time now.